I really love just breaking something down into a methodical step-by-step -step process and using my my small fine pencils and getting measurements just perfect. You're listening to Our Shared Field, where we bring artists into conversation with people from outside of the arts. I'm your host, Austin Camille, and welcome to the third conversation of the season. First, I sit down with South Philadelphia carpenter and contractor, Marielle Herring. Next week, I'll be speaking with artist Sonia Blasowski, whose work is focused in equal parts on fine craftsmanship and demolition. This series of conversations really hit home for me as a female carpenter myself. Today, Mary Ellen and I talk about the ingenious ways she's learned how to use her body as a tool on the job site, how she has to dress in order to mitigate sexism, and her plans to bring more female-identifying construction workers into the field. By the way, recording remotely from people's homes means that there will be occasional interruptions from Marielle's dog, Puzzle. My name is Marielle Herring, and I, I currently live in South Philly, and I am a carpenter. I work as an independent contractor for a general contractor in Philly. I got my first carpentry job when I graduated from my MFA program. The owner of that particular company was a sculptor, and so he actually hired a lot of artists to work for him. And I was interested in carpentry because... As a painter, I'd always made my own stretcher bars and I liked using power tools and I was just like, yeah, I could do that. Um, it was definitely challenging to like get into it and I am a perfectionist and so I want to make sure that I'm doing a good job. Mm -hmm. And um, I think my attention to detail definitely helped in that situation because I was just a sponge sort of absorbing all the information I could get either from watching people or asking questions or whatever. And... I watch a lot of YouTube tutorials on how to do stuff. <laughs> yes. Um, but it's a, it's a lot of information that you need mm. to know to to work in carpentry, to renovate and build houses. Um, and sometimes I'm required to do things that fall outside of carpentry. Like I've done some wiring and some basic plumbing also. Um, each new thing is like amazing information to have, but you're also learning a brand new skill like constantly. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so I was going to ask you what a typical day would look like on the job, but it sounds like there probably is not necessarily one. There's not necessarily a typical day. It kind of goes in um, phases of construction. So like lately I've been doing a lot of air sealing. Air sealing is essentially the finding and then sealing up of air leakage points throughout your home to create a completely insulated space. We do a lot of passive energy builds. So either a house is renovated to be as close to passive energy as possible, or we do like more new construction stuff, like either in addition to someone's home or completely new construction. We've been doing a lot of that. We've been doing siding, you know, all of this stuff like takes a, a chunk of time. And so like, that's the, the, the phase that we're in right now. Mm -hmm. So as you've moved from being a carpenter and working for others and then contracting out your own labor, what does that shift look like? Um, what's really changed in that process? Um, it's interesting, actually. So I'm an independent contractor, though I primarily work full-time for the same GC. GC refers to a general contractor. And 
the reason why I do that is so that um, I work a four day work week. So part of part of my extra day is bookkeeping and like business mm-hmm. um, related stuff. But also it gives me more designated time to have a studio practice as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I there's something kind of funny, like I'll do what I'm told, but I also hate it. <laughs> And the sense of autonomy that I feel knowing that every day I show up to work, I'm choosing to be there because, you know, I could work somewhere else. I could, you know, work for someone else whenever I choose, you know, to do that. And so it's like, okay, well, you know, maybe today wasn't a great day. Like, for instance, this summer I was scampering around on a 45 degree pitched roof. Jesus. And (laughs) I'm afraid of heights. Oh, my God. (laughs) So... Um, you know, I was up there and I was just reminding myself, girl, you chose to be here today. And maybe this is the last roof you scamper on other than your own, you know, like trying to, to set intentions as far as moving forward. Um, the, the work that I really love to do is finish carpentry and cabinetry. And so I think my goal is to, you know, find ways to spend you know, time only doing that kind of work. And so knowing that I have the choice to be there, you know, it, it just changes my whole outlook, I think. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I feel like having that flexibility is super empowering as well. Yeah. Do you say that the finishing work is the part that you're most drawn to? What about it is particularly satisfying or enjoyable? I think I really enjoy um, process-based work. I really love, you know, just breaking something down into a methodical step-by-step process and um, using my my small fine pencils and just like getting measurements like just perfect or cutting something like just perfect. And when you step back, you're like, wow, this is someone's kitchen or this is like this cool, um, this summer I did this oak stave installation, which was sort of like a screen um, in between a, a staircase and a kitchen. And so like, when you look at it, it's just these, you know, beautiful, like styles of oak that have been treated to match the floor and the light filters through it. So lovely. And it's just like, you know, all, all of the fun, nerdy, like woodworking tricks that I got to do to make that. And then to step back and look at it and be like, wow, this is really stunning. And then, you know, the homeowners walk by and they're like, oh, that's lovely. And you're like, yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So when you go about planning out a piece or a project or are you making drawings of this? Are you working the computer? How are you, how are you kind of planning through the things that you're creating? The, the planning process for stuff like that actually begins with the architectural drawings and the shop drawings for the cabinet makers. I have worked for a cabinet maker before, but my role um, as a carpenter, I work for the GC. So we get shop drawings from the cabinet maker. And from that, that's what I use to install. So mm-hmm. basically, like, you know, I, I get like a jigsaw puzzle of cabinet boxes and doors and I look at the drawings and then I assemble them so that it becomes a kitchen or a bathroom. Do you find that you have to do a lot of adjusting or changing as you go? 
Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. I um, I was talking to Sonia earlier today, and one of the things that we were talking about is how she'll open up a wall and come across um, the ways in which the builder had to just kind of make do in the moment. So it's like mm-hmm. there's a shim put here that you would never see otherwise, but you're just kind of having to make a thing work. Yeah. So is that adjustment kind of a constant part of the process, even though you're handed a lot of these tools? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's, we constantly have to make adjustments in the field because you can theorize as much as you want, Mm -hmm. but until you're actually dealing with the materials, the space, um, you know, maybe you took the measurements for this wall, but if it's for like cabinets, for instance, if you measure from like the back corners, it's maybe one dimension from the front, it's Mm -hmm. maybe another, maybe the angles are acute. And so if you think you have a certain amount of room and then you make a bunch of cabinet boxes and suddenly the last one doesn't fit. (laughs) Um, That's a drag. (laughs) Yeah. That doesn't happen too often, but there's a Mm. lot of things we were like, okay, well, this is what they want, but this is what they're going to (laughs) get. And no one will know the difference and it'll look beautiful. Uh (laughs) Uh, I say that a lot. (laughs) I asked Marielle about how she thinks about and uses her body for work. Construction is such a physically demanding job, and there's so much nuance to the different ways you have to hold your body. When lifting up a piece of plywood, as opposed to drilling a perfectly placed hole in a cabinet, for example, your muscles are held differently. Part of what makes me good at carpentry is that I don't necessarily think in a way that I can easily communicate verbally. I, mm. I feel like I do think a lot in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, some things are just intuitive. I'm thinking about my body at work constantly. Um, mm. It absolutely is a tool. I I use it for measurements a lot. I mm-hmm. mean, obviously not precise ones. It doesn't help me get to, you know, the 32nd of an inch. But um, it's a lever. Um, huh. It's There's so many things. Whether I'm squatting down to pick something up because, you know, you don't want to strain your back. Or um, actually, Sonia and I chatted on the phone um, earlier this week, and I was talking to her about the difference between carrying and lifting. Huh, uh-huh. Where carrying, you're just holding, you know, you're just resisting gravity. And lifting means that you're actually, you know, like bending your arms, for mm, instance. Mm-hmm. So like when I carry sheetrock or plywood, I don't like to bend my arms. Um, you're making it harder for self for yourself if you bend your arms your hands actually can hold an incredible amount of weight and so if you just keep your bottom arm straight and you know brace against your body that's a lever right there yeah um i i rest things on my boots all the time as i'm like easing it down to the ground i yeah my i need to take better care of my body let's say because i do <laughs> rely on it so heavily um yeah, it does it does so many amazing things. Off of that, how do you think about your body in terms of a gendered body in that space? As another female identifying carpenter, I'm always kind of curious to hear how other women mm-hmm. in the field mm-hmm. are are thinking about this and thinking about how they're negotiating femininity in a male-dominated space. Yeah. Honestly, I could talk about this for a long time. It's very difficult having a woman's body in construction mm. for so many reasons. Um, I get stared at a lot is is one thing. Um, 
that's extremely uncomfortable. And it's not something that you can really say. You can't, you can't really talk to the person about because they don't understand that they're doing something weird. I, I feel like I often have to sort of um, overperform to prove my worth because I'm not expected to be there or people are surprised that I'm there or don't think that because I am a woman that I would be good at my job. Mm. Um, and, you know, when you think about the fact that your body is a tool, overperforming could mean possibly injuring myself because mm, I'm mm -hmm. trying too hard. Um, it's, it's difficult to find appropriate uh, workwear. Yes. I don't fit the body type. I don't fit the body type for a woman in construction, apparently. So all of my clothes don't fit quite right, mm. um, which is really irritating. And there's a lot of companies that I, that I keep seeing that make workwear for women, but they're really expensive. And I don't have the money as much as I would love to support, you know, great small women-owned businesses, you know, I don't have the money to just throw down like $300 for a pair of like really good coveralls. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. I wear very specific clothing because I don't want to be too revealing. I started wearing exclusively overalls so that my butt crack never, ever comes out. <laughs> that is a hard line for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have people said, I mean, are there any specific experiences that you want to talk about? I am I probably won't honestly get too specific about it mm -hmm. because I don't want to burn bridges. Yeah. Um, but I've been sexually harassed at work, verbally, not physically. Um, I've been infantilized. I've been definitely passed up for promotion or, you know, more challenging work. Um and also just not paid nearly enough because I didn't even think to ask for more, <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, which is a larger problem than just women in construction. And I haven't even experienced the, the worst that a lot of women experience. Um, there's this zine that I have fallen absolutely head over heels in love with by an artist and tradeswoman in uh, British Columbia it's called Things Men Say to Me at Work. Uh, her name is Ava Dominelli. And some of the things that people have said to her are absolutely atrocious. And it's just, it's really, it's just, it's so validating to like hear other women's experiences. I mean, as awful as it is, right? Like it's mm -hmm. really validating to hear their experiences because it's like, oh yeah, we still represent a very small like percentage of the construction workforce. I checked some numbers out of curiosity. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, only about 10.3% of workers in the construction industry are women, a number that's been pretty stagnant since the 1990s. That's about 1.1 million women working in construction compared to 9.9 .9 million men. As a city, Philadelphia has the second lowest percentage in the country of women employed in the industry. I don't work with other women right now. I can't remember the last time I worked with someone, another woman on site. It's, it gets really lonely showing up to work and having no one else look like you. Yeah. But there's no other way of like saying it. It's just like, you just feel more comfortable if there's someone else who's like you there. Yeah. That's it. That's it. <laughs>
This is why representation for everyone is so important because mm. you just need a sense of comfort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's massively necessary. And I think especially in certain fields, um, if you don't have that sense of comfort, like that does affect your performance as well in a space where it really matters. Absolutely. You you lose self-confidence. Um, you feel like alienated often. I mean, it's it's a really complicated thing. Representation yeah. matters everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just period. Mm-hmm. That's it. I stepped out of my car the other day and I had a bunch of lumber on the roof and all my tools in the back. And uh, this woman who's walking her dog came up to me. She was like, you are the second female carpenter I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) I was like, oh "Oh, my God, (laughs) that's crazy. Yeah. 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 So it's, it is, it's a rarity. Has, has it changed as you've become an independent contractor? Has it gotten easier in ways, harder in ways? I don't know if if that has changed so much. Um, although, like, it it does give me the motivation again to like be more selective about the workspaces that I end up in. The GCU that I work for right now, everyone that I work with on that crew is great. I don't I don't have any problems with them. Lately, it's more the subcontractors that I've had difficulties with, and. And that's just further motivation to, you know, limit my exposure to them mm-hmm. in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that it's horrible, but still, I would just rather work for and with more women in general. Mm-hmm. Just, <laughs> yeah. That's just my goal. <laughs> I think that's a good goal. And I think by, you know, participating in this particular field, I mean, you're you're creating more spaces for those people as well, you know, so it has exactly. to come about in some way. I'm curious to know how, as a carpenter, contractor, and as an artist, and as a person, how has this past year changed how you work, how you think, how has it upended you, um, or clarified certain things? Yeah. This past year has, yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> so much has changed. Um, so the, the job that I have right now, I actually started the week before the shutdown happened in Philly. Wow. Um, and that first week was incredible. It was so great. I was so confident. I was feeling awesome. I was Mm. doing great work. Um, it was just like, yeah, this is meant to be. Mm. Um, and then suddenly I was like, oh, I am unemployed and I don't know when, it will be safe to work again. Mm -hmm. And it was just like this crazy shift. And like, you know, this, this career that I've been, you know, building over the last seven years, I was suddenly like, am, am I going to be able to get this back? Like Mm -hmm. what's, what's going to happen? And so I had this major reckoning and spent a lot of time working in my studio. And when we started work again, I was excited, but also realized like how much my studio had really saved me Mm. Um, during those two months. And that was when I actually made the move to become an independent contractor. Um, I had originally been a W-2 employee and against everything my mother has ever told me, I turned down the benefits (laughs) and decided that I needed to work for myself. Um, It felt terribly, terribly wrong and also urgently right. Mm. Um, and I feel like since then, 
I'm still I'm still figuring out like how I want my my life to take shape. But um, I feel like I've been making like huge strides as far as like setting myself up so that I am able to work independently, like fully. And it's really exciting to see. I mean, there's been some really big payoffs. I bought my first car ever. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. I'd been big. I'd been a bicycle carpenter for a long time. Wow. And it was getting it was getting a little tired for, <laughs> for where <laughs> I was at and like where I want to be. Uh, um and uh yeah, it's it's, it's great. I can fit a full sheet of plywood in the back. It's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Um, I'm curious to hear, could you talk like a little bit about where you see yourself going or the things you s- want to do? What are those inclinations? Or like, what are, where, where are you kind of hoping to take your work? I'm trying to think of how to say this. I, I feel like I, my work exists in a plurality mm. because I am a carpenter, because I am an artist and they're, um, you know, they coexist with each other, even if they don't necessarily relate all the time. Um, I I kind of want the two to to interact more. Mm. Um, and this is like total long term dream. But since we're talking about it, why not? <laughs> why not? Why not? Dreams why not? <laughs> one no, of really one of my right now. Yeah, right? We need hopes and dreams. Oh, we we totally need hopes and dreams. Mm. Um, my biggest hope is to one day get some land somewhere. I'm not sure where exactly. Mm. Um, and to build an artist sanctuary, like residency program. Like build it, physically mm. build it and create the program. Um, so I, that's that's a big goal. Um, like I said, I would really love to work with and for more women. And one of the things I had talked with another um, tradeswoman artist friend of mine is, you know, maybe doing some sort of workshop program where we could empower women to feel more confident about their homes and their spaces. Like Mm. I've had friends reach out to me about, you know, small things that need fixing in their homes that they just don't know how to do. And it's like, well, what if we could, you know, teach people how to do that? It's not difficult. Yes. And you know, one thing that I, I've heard a lot of women um, have frustration over is talking with contractors. Mm. They can be <laughs> very dismissive, just sort of assuming that women don't know what they're talking about. And I feel like that intimidates a lot of women from wanting to learn mm-hmm. about certain things. Because if this is the person who could teach me, then, you know, I would feel too embarrassed to ask a dumb question. It's it's hard to admit that you don't know what to do mm-hmm. and don't know how to get the information that you need. Um yeah, like a friend of mine was like, if I tried to hang a shelf here, would I get electrocuted? And she's like showing me a picture of like her light <laughs> switch. And I was just like, oh boy, okay, here we go. <laughs> but fair question. And you know what? It's like fair better question. to ask. Right. Then and you won't get electrocuted. <laughs> totally. I love that idea. I mean, sign me up. I'm down. I think right? <laughs> I think that sounds great. I feel like really it would supportive. be so fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be fun. And you're right. There's, it. it's... Oftentimes that atmosphere is not fun because there's like this stress or anxiety around looking like a fool. Let's hang out sometime. <laughs> yeah, I would like that. I would really <laughs> that would like be that. Great. That would be really awesome. And we can figure out how to run some 
cool lady workshops. Yeah, people could, you know, ask for certain tutorials, sharing the information, possibly with the, you know, the hope that some people would want to pursue a career in carpentry because yay. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it it changes the way you interact with the world when you understand how things work. If you want to hear from our next guest who will be sharing a conversation with Marielle, join us next week on Our Shared Field to meet artist Sonia Blasowski. I spent many years doing the feminist thing of acting like a man when it came to, (laughs) you know, when it comes to sort of picking up plywood from the hardware store. You can learn more about the guests and follow their interactions on our website, chat.squarespace.com. Music for this episode is by Sophie White, a percussionist and professional drywaller. One of the pieces featured here mimics the sound of construction sites. Thank you to the Center for Humanities at Temple University for hosting this podcast and to our technical director, Eric Carbonara at Not A Sound Studio. This podcast is recorded in North Philadelphia on the ancestral lands of the Lenny Lenape people, whose presence and resilience in Pennsylvania continues to this day. Until next time, I'm Austin Camille. Thank you for listening to Our Shared Field. Mm -hmm.